Good morning and welcome to this Thursday in the octave of the the octave of Easter, not the octave of the Easter, just Thursday in the octave of Easter. I'm Adam Wright, happy to be with you on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Let's begin our day together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. In reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. And we dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How are you this morning? Are you having a good morning? The sun is shining. It is a little crisp outside, but it's only going to get nicer as the day goes on. It's one of those days that... You know, given the choice, I still would be here with you. But if that wasn't a choice this morning, I would definitely choose to be out on a golf course this morning. It's just a beautiful morning out there. A great one to put on the sunglasses, maybe roll the windows down on your drive to work, your drive to school, wherever you maybe your drive to mass, wherever you're going, and enjoy that sunshine today. On the show today, we are going to be talking about a couple of different things. I'm really excited about all of them. Um, We are going to be talking about Divine Mercy. Divine Mercy Sunday is coming up this Sunday. Have you been praying the novena? It started last week, Friday. I'll tell you what, if you haven't been, you want to start praying now, start praying now. You might not get the full novena in, but you'll get the prayers in. And some prayer is better than no prayer, right? Don't, Don't let the, oh, I missed it, be what stops you from praying today. Start today. Just start. It's it's the right thing to do. We're also going to be talking about the uh, the tangible presence of God, and uh, we're going to continue hearing about seven deadly sins from Father Chad Ripiger. That's all for our radio listeners. Mike Roberts is going to be on the airwaves today talking about divine mercy, and it's you know, like I said, just a great day out there. Speaking of Mike Roberts, let's go get you all a check of this gorgeous beautiful weather. Today is the feast day of St. Pope Martin I, who was a martyr. Born in Italy in the late 6th century, Martin was from a noble family and grew up with a great love for the Lord and the poor. As a young man, he joined the Order of St. Basil and became an abbot. In 641, Pope John IV sent him to what is now Croatia to help Christians in the region whose churches had been destroyed by invading Slavic armies. Afterwards, he became a papal legate. Then in 649, he was elected pope, but was not supported by the Byzantine emperor in Constantinople, Constance II. In addition, there was a heresy at the time which denied the humanity of Christ and which was strongly supported by the Byzantine emperor. Martin convened a council at St. John Lateran Church attended by over a hundred bishops which began an official condemnation of this heresy. In response, Constant II sent troops to Rome who seized Pope Martin and took him back to Constantinople as a prisoner. There, he was condemned to death. Although, through the intercession of his replacement, Pope Paul II, the death sentence was not carried out. Pope Martin had been tortured so badly that he died of his wounds in 655. St. Pope Martin I, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. 
We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. We've got Mike Roberts in the studio to talk with us about Divine Mercy and St. Faustina and our Lord. So, Mike, good to have you with us. Adam, thank you for the work you do, the service you provide to us, the vessel you are for the Holy Spirit and for having me here today, and especially to talk about Divine Mercy, because it changed my life. Well, Mike, every day you come on and you say, here's today's weather, Uh, and then you have the saint of the day for us. And it's always a a very clear, uh, somewhat concise history of who we celebrate today in our faith. So maybe we go a little bit longer with that. What is the origin of divine mercy? And and for that, I think we have to talk about St. Faustina. Well, you know, I think context is so important for just about everything. No, for everything, Adam. And so in in this journey with St. Faustina, which is the vessel that Jesus chooses to use to send us the message of divine mercy— you have a, a Polish nun who's from a part of Poland not far from where St. Pope John Paul II is going to be coming from, not far from where St. Maximilian Kolbe is going to be uh, serving and then leaving at Auschwitz. And in that same period of time, it's fascinating, really. But in the early part of the 20th century, right around the end of World War I, that's when Jesus first starts this conversation. That's really what it is, a conversation with St. Faustina. She's at a dance, she's in her teens, and she's uh, asked her parents if she could be a nun, and they did not want her to be that. She's dancing with, with a young man at a dance with her sister, and all of a sudden, the person she's dancing with is Jesus. But not Jesus like we prefer to see him, Jesus, as he is after he's been beaten and scourged and as he's, he's bloody and he says to her, how long will you keep putting me off? And she rushes out of the dance, goes home, packs. It, it's not right away. She leaves and a year later, a series of things happen that allow her to enter a convent. She begins her journey as a sister. And it's from that point on that Jesus talks to her constantly, in her heart, directly appearing to her, using other vessels, his own mother, her guardian angel, one of the spirits of God. But It's just on St. Therese of Lisieux. These, these visions she has, her guardian angel takes her to hell, to purgatory, and shows her heaven. These visions she has constantly have this one theme in mind. Jesus tells her, tell souls about my infinite mercy. So Jesus has her uh, paint a picture, has a picture painted through her direction. He gives her the spiritual direction of of Father Sapaco and Father Andres. And it's all so that she can keep this diary. You know, she started a diary and then lost faith in her own journey and set the thing on fire. So she had to start again. But Really, through the 1920s into the mid to late 1930s, just about a year before the Nazis invade Poland, she dies a year before the Nazis invade Poland, she's keeping track of all of these messages, of all of these apparitions, of all of the, all of the things the Blessed Mother says to her. But always, always, it's following Jesus obediently, and he tells her, keep track of this. And 
there's a there's a point, and I think this is really important, Adam. There's a point where the Blessed Mother appears to her, and I'm going to paraphrase this, although who am I to paraphrase the Blessed Mother? But she says, um, you know, I, I, I feel sorry for you. You're going to be held responsible for a great number of souls. Tell souls to appeal to my son's merciful heart while it is still the time for granting mercy, because when my son returns... He will not be returning as the God of mercy. He will be returning as the God of justice. That is a great and terrible day. The angels tremble before it. So Jesus gives her instruction to have this painting made. Then he gives her this chaplet of mercy. By the way, after she has a vision of the angel of wrath about to strike the earth, and nothing she does will stop him from doing this. And right after that, she gets the chaplet of mercy, and Jesus is very precise about his instructions. You know, on the Our Father beads, you say this prayer. On the Hail Mary beads, you say this prayer. You start with the Apostles' Creed. So Jesus gives us this creed through St. Faustina, and amazingly, this nun in Poland tells her superiors there's great doubt, not just from her superiors, but from the other sisters around her. She's very sick. She's constantly fighting for her own health, and ultimately it fails, and she dies a young lady. But through all of this, from this obscure place in Poland, almost immediately the message gets out. And before her death, they're already practicing this effort that Jesus wants to have the day after Easter Sunday be the Feast of Divine Mercy, to have this painting made, to use this chapel. So what is the ultimate message? Well, first of all, the chapel that we say that Jesus himself has given us, we use this at the bedside of the dying. We use it as, uh, as, as just a daily prayer, sometimes multiple times during the day. We have this prayer that is basically a reminder that no matter what you've done, no matter how great your sins are, you can never do something that Jesus will not forgive, with the exception of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says, in fact, the greater your sins are, the more my mercy is for you. So I'm sorry this is such a long answer, Adam, but but the gift is and I believe this is one of the great saints of all time, and specifically St. Faustina is a saint for our time. And you think of that message that the Blessed Mother gave her, the time of mercy is coming to an end. She's talking to you and I, to all of us, right now, for this moment, and it's an all call. I don't care what you did. I don't care how hard COVID was for you. If you haven't been to church for a while, come on back. Come on back on, on Divine Mercy Sunday. Mike, you were mentioning that St. Faustina, when all of this was taking place, this is after World War I, before World War II, so not my lifetime, not your lifetime, but within a generation or two for both of us. You know, your parents, my grandparents, they would have been alive when St. Faustina was alive. And sometimes that helps put me in touch with this isn't just some you know, far-off message from a fourth-century mystic who lived out in the desert on the other side of the world that I've never heard of before. This is a saint really for our times. And then 
right before the break as well, you were talking about the urgency of this, that the Blessed Mother in one of her apparitions to St. Faustina said that the time of mercy is coming to an end because when Jesus comes back, it's going to be a time of judgment. And you were stressing how important that is for you, for me, for all of our listeners today. And I can think of no other way to think of this sometimes, friends, than, you know, do I know if Jesus is going to come back tomorrow for the final judgment? No, I don't. But I do know this. Over the weekend, I was almost hit by a car five separate times, being very prudent, being very careful, each time thanking my guardian angel for the grace to avoid a collision. But not everybody is so lucky, and that's part of the reason I say make a frequent confession and keep a life of prayer because you don't know the hour that your life may be taken away from you. Right, Mike? You don't. And I I do think it's important to connect all of the dots. The Blessed Mother comes to Lourdes, and then the Blessed Mother comes to Fatima, and each time there's a message, I am the Immaculate Conception, confirming the dogma that just four years earlier, uh, Pope Pius IX had written, and that gets us on a path of a much closer walk with the Blessed Mother. Then the Blessed Mother appears at Fatima, and she says, you know, she's warning us specifically about Russia. And not long after that, this journey begins with St. Faustina. In fact, in by the time Fatima happens, it's already started with St. Faustina. But this is a walk with St. Faustina through St. Faustina, guided by the Holy Spirit, led by Jesus. It takes us to the shelf of World War II. And it's a message for our time. Now, I don't want to lose this idea that we stay in the hope of the resurrection, Adam. You know, it's it's one thing to be aware, but it's be not afraid. We don't want to be afraid, but we are um, kidding ourselves if, if we're not paying attention to all of the details. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've heard said, and I wish I could have the source with me right now, to share with you is that at the final judgment, you know, when we die, we have our own private judgment, but then at the end of all time, there will be the, the general judgment and we will all stand before the throne of God and we will have our sins read. And what I have heard is that the, the soul of the saint, the one in heaven says, yes, look at all of those sins and look at how much more powerful God's love mm-hmm. and mercy for me was mm-hmm. and takes pride or not, not pride, but takes joy in the fact that, God offers this mercy so freely and that that soul turned to the mercy, even in spite of this perhaps long list of grave sins that they repented of. Whereas the soul in hell says, yeah, don't, let's not talk about those. I'm ashamed of those. We don't even want to bring those up. I mean, one of the things Jesus says again and again and again in this diary is that, remember, my mercy is infinite. And I would also like to just say, Adam, that this diary, I have mine with me now, but this is like the fourth one I've had. And it's daunting. You find this at any Catholic bookstore for maybe 10, no more than $15. And you don't read it. It's not like grapes of wrath. You don't just speed through this. This reads your soul. Your soul kind of reads it and it's you, you, you really study it. But it's it's word for word what Jesus and all the other vessels Jesus chose to send to St. Faustina said. It's, it's right there in front of us, including the novena that we're going through in preparation for Divine Mercy Sunday. 
So let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, we have been praying this novena since Good Friday. This is in addition to the Chaplet of Divine Mercy that we pray, hopefully at 3 p.m. every day. That's the goal, is to pray that at 3 p.m. every day. What are we praying for in this novena that's different than our normal chaplet that we pray every day? Well, in this particular journey, and so we have the sort of standard chaplet that Jesus gives us in this particular novena. Jesus has groups of people that he wants to focus on. And that's why I would say, you know, you'll you'll get these nice pamphlets and they have some of what Jesus says, but in the in the book you have, in this diary you have the complete outline of what Jesus says in bold print, what Jesus says specifically to her. And he's he's trying to get in in these 9 days Groups of people that represent all of humanity, no matter what condition your soul is in. Some are religious. Some are uh, to, today we're, we're talking about devout souls, but we'll move through the chain to folks who have completely rejected Jesus, rejected the notion of Jesus. And, and the point always goes back to, I don't care what you did. Jesus is telling us, I really don't care what you did. My mercy, you cannot fathom. Just come on back. Just come on back. That's a beautiful thing. And it's one of those things that, you know, we might say, well, how do we come on back? And yet Jesus gave us the answer through the ministry of the church that we we have such a great sacrament of reconciliation. It's hard because that takes humility. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think I get a... The more I struggle with my pride, the more I realize what a great sin that is. And uh, sure, you can have a deathbed conversion, but it has to be a true conversion. And if your pride isn't going to let you fully um, commit to this conversion, where's that going to lead you? I I guess my point is, uh, and that's this is something else that, that Blessed Mother says to St. Faustina, there are three things I value most, humility, humility, I say again, humility, prayer, and love of God. So it's humility, prayer, and love of God, but she says humility three times. What else can we derive from the journey of Jesus? There are so many things, infinite number of things, but one of them, maybe leading all of it, is humility. He could come anytime he wants. He comes as a baby. He could come under any circumstances. He comes to us in a manger, surrounded by all the things that animals do and <laughs> and smell like. So our God is a humble God, and how do we receive him? In, in the form of a wafer. He comes into my dirty little temple that way. It's, so humility is required for this journey, and you don't have to get there today. You know, that's—I will also say this, Adam. The Lord, through the Holy Spirit, has given us one heck of a process— from daily Mass to confession to the seven sacraments to the Feast of Divine Mercy— so we have a process, and if we're loyal to the process, you know, let's just say you're completely out of shape and you want to get in shape. You're not going to do that on the first day. You participate in the process. So I would say if you've missed some or all of the novena, jump on board. And if you don't get to it and you're wandering around on Saturday thinking, oh, that's too late. It's not too late. Come on Sunday 
and let the Holy Spirit and Jesus figure the rest out for you. Perhaps you've been away from the church for a while, and for some reason, through some grace, you're tuned in to this radio interview today. Well, then come on Sunday. Come come on back. And I know it's difficult to make that, that confession, especially after a long time, but I know this. I, I have yet to meet a priest who says, what do you mean you've been away for so long? No, they say, well, let's let's get you back here. You know, there's, there's uh, this great journey, 33 Days to Morning Glory with Father Michael Gately, where you consecrate yourself to the uh, Blessed Mother. And he has St. Pope John Paul II guidance in there, St. Louis de Montfort. Uh, he also has this wonderful section with St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And he starts with a letter that she wrote to her sisters. And there's a part of it, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but the letter is called I Thirst. It's written after a, a letter that St. Pope John Paul II wrote called I Thirst. But she says to her, now these are sisters that are with her in Calcutta, who've left everything behind to serve the poorest of the poorest of the poor, maybe historically the most poor people in the history of the planet. And yet she's saying, I know that you love Jesus. I know that you sit with him in the chapel. But do you know how much he misses you when you don't come near? How much he he wants to be with you, how much he'll forgive you when even you yourself don't forgive yourself. Until you can hear Jesus speaking in the silence of your own heart, you will not recognize him in the faces of the poor. What my takeaway with those words is that um, this relationship we have with Jesus is so accepting, we really can't fathom it, but it's personal. That's your own personal Jesus who's calling you to come on Sunday. Sad to say we are out of time, but I think that's a great place to end this interview is to say come on Sunday. No matter the circumstance, no matter what's been going on in your life, if, if ever there was a Sunday to come back to the church, this is that Sunday. If you find yourself saying, I'm not worthy— Guess what? You're not. None of us are. <laughs> yeah, myself included. Uh, friends, for more on the Divine Mercy Novena, we'll stay tuned to Covenant Network. We're praying it every day here at 3 p.m. along with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And be sure to check out your local diocesan uh, website and media accounts. I know there are a lot of parishes that are going to be having special prayer events, masses, confessions, adoration, public recitation of the novena, of the chaplet, so on and so forth this coming Sunday. Um, there's so many. We can't list them all right now, but be sure to check what's going on around you. And perhaps it might be a good time to visit a special place in your diocese that you haven't been to in a while. Use this as an excuse to go on a little mini pilgrimage. And pick uh, up a diary. And pick up a diary. You know, 10 to $15, it's a good investment. Mike, I can't thank you enough for being with us today to talk about Divine Mercy. Well, thank you, Adam, and thanks for all the work you do, and, the, and like I say, the vessel you are for the Holy Spirit. Oh, you're, you're too kind. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations 
displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. Catechiz question today. We've been talking a lot about divine mercy today, even for those who struggle with vainglory. Uh, we've been talking a lot about divine mercy today. When was the Feast of Divine Mercy officially named? And, and, and by that, I mean a, a pope said, from this day forward, this is when we're going to celebrate divine mercy. Well, that was at the canonization of St. Faustina on April 30th in the year 2000. Now, the devotion had always recognized the Sunday after Easter. The second Sunday of Easter is the day that we would celebrate Divine Mercy, but it was St. John Paul II in his canonization homily for St. Faustina on that Divine Mercy Sunday in the year 2000, who officially said, this is what we're going to call it. This is what it's going to be. It's going to be on this second Sunday of Easter. Now, in his homily, there's a couple things I just want to pull for you here uh, that, that are really great. John Paul II says, Today my joy is truly great in presenting the life and witness of Sister Faustina Kowalska to the whole church as a gift of God for our time. By divine providence, the life of this humble daughter of Poland was completely linked with the history of the 20th century, the century we have just left behind. In fact, it was between the First and Second World Wars that Christ entrusted his message of mercy to her. Those who remember, who were witnesses and participants in the events of those years and the horrible sufferings they caused for millions of people know how know well how necessary was this message of mercy. What will the years ahead bring us? What will man's future on earth be like? We are not given to know. However, it is certain that in addition to new progress, there will unfortunately be no lack of painful experiences, but the light of divine mercy, which the Lord in a way wished to return to the world through Sister Faustina's charism, will illumine the way for men and women of the third millennium. You got that? The light of divine mercy will illumine the way for men and women of the third millennium. The Holy Father was talking about you and about me and about our families and about our kids and our friends and our relatives and everyone we know. So let's help bring that light to the world. We're going to take one last break, get you also a check of the weather and the daily dose of encouragement. But first, let's uh, continue rocking and rolling this morning. A prayer to redeem lost time by St. Teresa of Avila. Oh, my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. Happy Thursday to you in the octave of Easter, and happy Easter. We are in the midst of our week of Daily Dose of Encouragement Easter Gospel Stories that are some of Patty's favorites. And Patty, I look forward to the story you want to share with us today. Well, today we've got to talk about Thomas. Thomas, Thomas. We all know the story. We hear the gospel every year of doubting Thomas. And But there are two things that I love about Thomas. The first is his phrase, my Lord and my God. Straight from Scripture, that's what he said when he puts his hand in the side of our Lord. What a beautiful profession of faith. Maybe you're a person who says that at every Mass, at the elevation of the sacred host, professing our belief in the true presence. 
right? Maybe we can say that all throughout our day. My Lord and my God, help me to follow your will. My Lord and my God, help me to put you first in my life. My Lord and my God, may I love you with a pure heart. Maybe just today your phrase can be, my Lord and my God. The second thing I love about Thomas is the tradition that he was martyred in India. And to this day, the Syro-Malabar Catholic Church is an Eastern rite of the Catholic Church, and it traces its apostolic succession to St. Thomas in India. The seeds of faith Thomas planted in that region of India continue today. It's an, an amazing thought. So Thomas was no wimp, right? Think of the sacrifice to travel from Jerusalem to India. Think of martyrdom. And may we pray through the intercession of St. Thomas for all who experience doubts in their faith and let us not be discouraged, but rather encouraged by the faith of Thomas that took him all the way to India. And he then later on became a martyr. So today I just want to say my Lord and my God, and let's not consider him doubting Thomas so much, but think of the faith of how his life actually ended and what courage that took and the sacrifices that he made to plant the seeds of faith on the far ends of the earth. A great call of encouragement for us today, because after all, this is the daily dose of encouragement, not discouragement. So Patty, thank you for that. If you enjoy the Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier every day, have I got some good news for you. Patty is going to be one of the speakers at the St. Louis Marian Conference. We're going to be talking about that actually quite a bit over the next few weeks because time is still available to register for that conference, stlmc.org. It's one of my favorite conferences of the year. And I'll tell you, Patty Schneier is going to be there, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, Father Bill Casey, Father Mitch Paqua, who, by the way, is going to be with us on the show tomorrow talking about the Blessed Mother. Jesse Romero is going to be there, Monsignor Morris. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be absolutely wonderful. Dr. Ray Garendi. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So be sure if you are at all interested in that, uh, the website is STLMC. Org. That's St. Louis Marian Conference, stlmc.org. You know, there's a great article, and I'm going to have to just pull it up here and share it with you at, uh, well, if you go to archstl.org and click on St. Louis Review, they've got a great article about the parishes that will be uh, celebrating Divine Mercy Sunday. And you know what? I'll even make it easier for you. Just go to facebook.com slash roadmap radio. And I am posting the link there right now. I'm, I'm posting it right now as we speak at this minute. And you can find a church near you that's going to have some special celebrations going on this coming Sunday for Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, you know, don't forget, we have an Easter duty in our precepts of the church, and that is we are to receive Holy Communion at least once a year during the Easter season. So if you have not yet, um, well, don't delay. But first, make sure you're in a state of grace. Go make a good confession. Go make a good confession. And what a great week this is to do that. You know, you're going to have plenty of opportunities this weekend. You have opportunities this week, but go and make a good confession. It's like I was telling you the other day, God knows what we've done. He's omnipotent. He knows. Why hold back? Why not go and seek his mercy, seek his love, seek his forgiveness? Don't get in your head. You know how afraid the devil was of this message of divine mercy? 
You know how afraid the devil, you know, as as it's been handed down to us, appeared in the form of an angel to St. Faustina and told her to burn the diary. That's how afraid the devil was of this message of divine mercy. Told her to burn the diary. Luckily, her spiritual director, uh, you know, when she was talking with him, she recognized what happened, and he told her, rewrite down as much as you can remember. Write it down again. And so here we have it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thank you so much for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And remember, make a good confession, and most importantly, to help you in all of this, pray your rosary. Pray your rosary so you can be closer to the Blessed Mother and closer to her son.